Maybe midnight or midday Never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed Lived enough life to say I heard your heart, I see your pain Out in the dark, out in the rain Feel so alone, feel so afraid I heard you pray in Jesus' name It may be midnight or midday It's never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed I lived enough life to say Help is on the way Round in the corner Help is on the way Coming for you Help is on the way Yeah, yeah I lived enough life Nihonyaseo, this is Pastor Latanya Yolo, actually known as Pastor Tan. I just wanted to be able to let you know that God is so good on this morning. I'm thankful and grateful for everything he has done for me and my family. I just also wanted to say and thank God that even during this time of summer seasons and everything else, that he has not changed, not one bit. He is able to come in exceedingly abundantly, do all that is measured and without measure in my family. I wanted to let you know also, too, that they're going to be a revival here in Korea. It's going to be at the Shamshil Station Stadium, and it is going to be awesome. It is in August, and it's the 27th of August. August. And I can honestly say, let's go Korea 2022. Oh my goodness. I have been waiting. I have been anticipation. I have been just on pins and needles since last year that God gave me the word that Korea, South Korea will be able to have revival. It is going to be an awesome time. So please check in with me on that. I am going to try to record it of some and try to have some personal interviews. But understand and know God is illuminating. He is starting so much a revolution in how we are going to be able to read our word, be able to get more involved in him and able to sit there and have a personal more relationship with him and start being able to see who he is and what is yet to come. So hold on, buckle up. It is going to be a bumpy ride, but God promised us in the end, we still win. Amen. Now let's get into this. I wanted to let you know it is time. Oh my goodness. And I feel it, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for coming into the room. It is about the book of Esther on today. I was asking myself and I said, God, you have to, you know, let me know what's going on because these are the times that we really do need to hear from you, need to hear the word of God. So he's been getting me up a little earlier than usual, but that's not unusual for God not to want to call. And um, as I say, call as telling me to wake up woman of God, and let me be able to impart, take to you this wisdom on this morning. Amen. And the book of Esther has the famous lines of Mordecai. 
from her cousin to give her a reality check or a talk about the current situation. He expresses to her the significance of who she is and how her being there or rather while he's talking to her in the palace at that moment was God ordained. The time was that the Jews were being uh, planned to be, you know, put to death, punished because due to a man named Haman. And I wanted to go to Esther, the fourth chapter and all of its good Please go and read Esther. It has so much of significance of why he, the king is looking for a wife because his wife at that time, she was so vain. She did not want to obey. So he pretty much put her out and was looking for another wife. So now comes Esther and she becomes a part of his concubines and he's wondering what and who he's going to be able to choose. So now he's sitting here and she's in the palace and Mordecai is her cousin and it becomes so poignant of what is being planned that it has to be able to play out. Let me say this one more time because it's significant. Do you understand the enemy will try to be able to have things that are not of God to play out in your life? But see, that's the thing is that he will bring people, places, finances, different obstacles to be able to have you to stifle or trying to stumble in who God is. Now, let me get before I get ahead of myself. Let's go back to Esther four and let's start at the fifth verse. Then call Esther for a hatchet, one of the king's chamberlains whom he had appointed to attend upon her and gave him a comment a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was verse 6 so hatchet reading out of new came reading out of the king james version went forth to Mordecai unto the streets of the city which was before the king's gate verse 7 and Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasures for the Jews to destroy them. Let me say that one more time. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasures for the Jews to destroy them. Verse eight, also he gave him the copy of the writings of the decree that were given at Shushan to destroy them, to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make requests before him for her people. Let me say that one more time, the last part. It says it unto her and to charge her that she should go into the king to make supplication unto him and to make requests before him for her people. Do you understand at the time? Because Haman did not like Mordecai. Mordecai was not 
did not pay tribute or respect to him when he went by Haman. But don't you know, Mordecai was of the same caliber as, as Haman. Mordecai came from royalty just like Haman, but he didn't want to recognize Mordecai's legacy due to his hatred, due to his instability, due to his significance of the jealousy that he had for Mordecai and the hatred he developed for him and his, and his lineage. Do you understand? Satan doesn't like you because you have been blessed by God. Because you are made in his image. Look in the word. It says it in the word. And we are taking his place as being able to serve the living and true God. And then sitting up there and having no ill will. We don't want to be having to be over God. See, saints of the most high, we know who our creator is, which is God, which is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob which is the great I am, the Elohim of no more else than the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega. See, we don't want to be able to be above him, but we want to serve him. And that is something that Satan has not been able to get over because he wanted to be the one, the main one to rule over God's kingdom and not so, not so. So don't you understand, he's already from the beginning plotting and planning to make sure you don't even receive what God has for you. Oh, come on now. See, sometimes people need to understand who the true enemy is. It's not your mother, it's not your father, it's not your family members. See, they're tools and instruments that the enemy will go and use. And they will let him use them for their greater good. Come on now. Their underlying hidden agendas, their way and thoughts towards you. And then sitting up there, instead of celebrating you, they want to declare and undermine you. Oh, come on now. See, some of us want to sit here and say, you know, in certain situations, and I will put it out to you, my situation. See, someone this week asked me about the significance of the relationship I have with my mother. I don't have a relationship with my mother because number one, she was jealous of me. Number two, she still didn't want me to marry who God ordained. And number three, she wanted to have that stronghold over me and over my life when God already declared some things in my life that I had to move out of her home in order for her to understand that your children are going to move whether you like it or not. See, there is a significance in whom we are in God that no one can be able to budge and penetrate that is already spoken over us. Oh, come on now. When God has already declared it in your mother's womb, who you're going to be. It doesn't matter what someone else says out of their mouths about you. It's what God says in the end. That's the purpose. That's the plan for you. And stop sitting here and making excuses. See, I could have been the victim, but I'm victorious because of who God is. See, when my mother didn't want to be able to have that, that type of relationship anymore, God picked it up.
Do you understand when I didn't have my father and my father died at a young age with me? Don't you know that still God picked me up? He had my grandparents, my big mom, big daddy picked me up. See, sometimes we need to understand that Mordecai was trying to give her the details of all the situation in order to understand and let her know, look, you need to pick it up. You need to understand that this situation is bigger than what we think. This situation is more than not just you being in the palace. It's more that also that, look, you have people, thousands, huge millions of people, Jews that are relying on you to do the message, to do what God says do, no matter what's going on in your life. God wants to sit there. It is time for you to wake up, saints of the most high. Don't you know in this time, God has been able to keep you at bay when the enemy wants to cut you low. God wants to sit here and give you what you need at this time. The tools, the material, the knowledge, the wisdom, the whole entire word of God and also the armor of God in Ephesians. He's giving you that time. He's giving you preparation for you to be able to understand the battle, to know the enemy and when to go in and be able to declare that this is my land once again. Do you understand that so many times the enemy will sit there and try to be able to infiltrate into your whole entire plan of who God wants you to be? He did it with Esther. See, Esther did not know how important and significant her entire life has been up to now. See, the beauty and the essence of being Esther and that embodies who God is, has been able to sit here and place you in places and place you in doors and situations and opportunities and job positions and situations that you need to be able to illuminate. And be able to sit there and bring a spotlight, not just a spotlight, but a beacon of hope for people that do not know the living God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, y'all think that because you think that, oh, yes, I've gotten to this education status and I've gotten to be a doctor, a lawyer, or even some other places where, you know, we have not been able to set our foot on but you don't understand the significance that you have been able to declare having this ground, having this focus, having this motivation, this position, this title. Oh, come on now. That you need to understand that God placed you there for a purpose and a plan for his people. It is not just to sit there and say that I'm going to be just a subservient or I'm just going to be sitting here at a subtle way. No, God needs you to elevate and be able to go into depths and into scripture moments and being able to place you where things are not where God needs for it to be. Law and order, government, politics. He has placed you. Come on now. And you may think it's not significant. Do you understand that I say that I'm the CEO or CFO of my family, of my household? 
I am dealing with three children, keeping a household and trying to maintain an education so that I can be able to get placement into my doctoral program. But at the same time, my spiritual ramifications of my resume needs to be fully packed and effective in any moment, at any capacity, at any time. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Do you understand that I have to be able to be adequately known also in the natural as well as the spiritual? I need to be able to sustain myself in the spiritual, whereas I need to know how to Shabbat God and how to be able to move mountains while I'm still sitting here and sitting in the natural in my desk or in my cubicle or at my home or in a car. Come on now. Do you understand that your resume in the natural has to be more robust, but at the same time, it needs to be in the same thing as the spiritual? Do you understand what I'm saying? See, I'm not one of those that I'm naturally just sitting up here and I'm chewing the fat. But do you understand that I need to be so much calculated in the spiritual that when I have been able to be psychologically and mentally and physically attacked, that I cannot be able to calculate what the enemy is going to do? and then go ahead and have to form my alliance and my allegiance to the almighty God already to be able to battle the whole entire thing while I'm sitting here talking to you. Come on now. See, some of y'all think that, oh, she has a robust uh, resume in the natural. Don't you know I have a robust resume in the spiritual? Don't you know there's been times where I had to be able to sit there and say, God, I cannot eat. I cannot sleep until I see you. Don't you know that I had to be able to sometimes turn over my plate and have to meditate on the word of God day in and day out because the enemy was trying to sit here and come and combat me at so many different areas that I didn't even know what to do. Don't you know that's how Esther feels right now in these scriptures? She's like mentally, she cannot even fathom how she is so significant. But Mordecai had to come in and combat it and be able to be the hedge of protection that she needed. That's what God is. And that's what Jesus is to us. Oh, y'all they hearing me. This is not even in my notes. This is God ordained. Do you understand the significance of who you are in God? That even when my tone goes up and I'm yelling, don't you know that's still God? And when I'm sitting up here and talking to you in conversation, that's still God. See, there is a significance that people need to understand. The pitch and tone of God is always being able to sit here and know the word of God and also to back it up with the word of God. Oh, come on now. That's the significance of truth. God is the essence of truth. If you look it up, he is always sincerely telling you the truth. But we want to sit here and combat it with all of this. Well, I, I believe and I see. No, I am telling you by faith. I'm talking about what God has done for me. And you need to understand that is so much truth in that. There is so much significance in who we are in God. There is so much that tangibleness that we don't even understand by faith because we're spiritual beings and our attacks are in spirituality. Then we need to go ahead and gird it up and start understanding our warfare is not a carnal, not of the natural, but it's spiritual. And we need to start tearing down some strongholds, some things that are in your family that is trying to attach to you. Do you understand that Satan would love for you to be subservient to him? But I am not. Not, not so. God said, when I have been able to 
accept Jesus as my personal savior, I go underneath him. Don't you know I'm covered underneath the blood of Jesus and Jesus blood that was shed on Calvary that he had to go Golgotha in order for us in 42 generations to come down and do what no one, no other man can do and embodied in God and captivated and knowing who we are. Yo, come on now. Stop sitting here. And saying that, oh, God isn't true. Yes, he is. He is true every day. When the sun comes up, you see him. When the moon is coming out, you see him. When you see the birds and everything that is orchestrated in God. When you see the clouds and how it is painted every day. When you see the sky and how its origins. When you see the moon and every star and constellation at night. And when you see how the grass is growing. And how you see how the birds and the plants and the trees are able to be in an ecosystem. How do you not know that is not God? Now, let me calm down. See, the significance of who we are cannot be lacklustered. Mordecai knew the fight. He was a little bit more seasoned than Esther. But don't you know that doesn't mean that Esther did not have, did not start to learn who the enemy was and how to come and combat him. And at the same time, it becomes more and more apparent that Esther had to start learning, had to be able to learn the significance of who she was. And it took me 46 years to understand that God really wanted us to be able to succeed all along. Do you understand there can be such a thing as generational curses? There can be such a thing as there were poverty in a family and it can succeed all the way through that no one can be able to go to college, that no one can be. That's absolutely something that has come on to some of the society nowadays. But that's the thing is that when you start renouncing those things that's coming up in your family, that you start seeing addiction, pornography, uh, alcoholism, some of the things that we have to rage, anger, uh, having to sexual immorality. I'm just saying these are the things that we need to combat against. And we know the battleground. We need to know the plan. We need to know the blueprint. But we have to be able to be in sync in conversation in discussions with God. We have to. There is no insignificant way that we can sit here and win the battle without him, without the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Ghost. You, you just can't. And what Mordecai was doing was being the buffer, being the significant advocate for her. For telling her what's going on. He was lamenting. He was crying. He was moaning. He was shabaking God. He was saying, my God, this is going on that they're going to kill us. And you see the placement. He was like, let me see strategically. The enemy is sitting up here and having the upper hand, but God. So that's why he went to Esther and he was telling her, look, through her chamber main through the chamber main chamberlains of the king he was able to honestly sit there and tell him to her what needed to be replied to what needed to be said in significance and how to be able to proceed from here 
Don't you know God gives you commands through the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, if you prefer. This is what God is trying to tell you when you have to go to battle, when you have to go to war. And sometimes God will, you know, visit you in visions and in dreams and he will tell you what's going on. But the significance is always the same. We're always at war. We need to understand that the enemy is not going to let up because of you on being on vacation or you doing this and that. That doesn't matter. Satan does not like you. He has never liked you. So please understand that's the enemy. And yes, some of your family members will sit there and try to be, let them be able to be in that significant situation where they become a hindrance to you and God has honestly told you you need to let them go you love them yes but pray for them let them know that you love them but you have to let them go and have boundaries towards everything because that's a healthy way mentally and physically in order for you to combat a lot of different things do you understand what I'm saying Sometimes the mental capacity of certain people, they don't understand the battle because they haven't fought it yet. Oh, come on now. Some people haven't been in your in your situation, haven't been in where you are. Some people haven't even been able to taste or see or feel or understand or comprehend the magnification of who God is in their life. See, sometimes and I would say it also is that the religiosity, religion, because they only want to be Baptist or they want to be Pentecostal or they want to be Catholic or they want, you know, the religious part, but they don't have a personal relationship with God. They don't sit there and talk to God about what's going on. They don't sit up there and tell God what's going on and, you know, what's what, how they feel. Now, God, can you help me with the situation? See, there is significance of knowing who God is and the relationship with God. It shifts a lot of different things. It makes that thing that used to be there. I don't care what element person, place, or thing that has been able to be in your way as a hindrance to move. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what's going on with Mordecai and Esther. And at the same exact time, it becomes more and more that you need to understand, you need to listen, you need to, not just with your natural ears, but with your spiritual ears, what God is trying to tell you. And I'm honestly grateful for Esther and how she responded, but also at the same time, how Mordecai had to teach her and let her understand through her fear, faith had to come through, through her stepping up and stepping out and doing some things uncomfortable was the victorious way of living. All right, let's go already back into Esther with the King James Version, Esther chapter four. And we're going off the ninth verse. And Hatchet came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And verse 10, again, Esther spoke unto Hatchet and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. Verse 11, all the king's servants and the people of the king's providence do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come into the king, into the inner court, who is not called, there is no, there, excuse me, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. 
But I will, I, excuse me, but I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. Let me say this one more time. It says that he may live, but I have not been called to come unto the king these 30 days. The 12th verse. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Verse 13. Then Mordecai commented to, Esther, to answer Esther. Think not that thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. It's getting good. Then Mordecai commanded to Esther to answer Esther, Think not that thyself, that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. 14 verse, For if thou altogether holdeth thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. 14 verse. For if thou altogether holdeth thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Ooh, Lord, in my head, when Mordecai said these things, do you understand, Esther, that you won't escape? That even though you stay quiet and remain quiet, do you understand the enemy knows who you are? Oh, come on now. The enemy knows who you are. Even when you don't even talk, even sit there and say one thing back to him. He knows who you are because he knows you're a child of God. And you're not going to escape. That doesn't mean that God is not going to be able to give you more provision somewhere else. But he's trying to give her a charge of uh, direct instructions from God. You don't understand why you are there, but you are there for this purpose because it's such a time as this. It is time. Such a time as this. Y'all, it is time. Such a time as this. Do you understand the relationship you have with God? Such a time as this is because you have become the generation that is breaking generational curses. You are sitting here and going to college and having a marriage that your parents didn't have. That you're not having children before your time. Come on now, let me talk about it. That your mental and physical status is more so than what your parents used to have. That your generations used to have. Do you understand that the poverty, whether it is spiritual or natural, is no longer existent when it comes to you? Do you understand you are the root of Jesse? Ooh, come on now. You're like David. That, that whole entire branch has become an extension of who God is in you. Y'all need to accept it. 
Stop sitting here and saying, well, God didn't choose me. Yes, he did. It said, few are called, but uh, few have answered the chosen. What, what do you mean, pastor? See, God calls people all the time. But it's the ones that are obedient, the ones that hear him and are willing to obey at the first call. Come on now. We got to be like Samuel, the young baby Samuel that was consecrated and given over. And his mom was praying for Hannah. His mom was praying for him and saying, God, if you give me a child that you will be able and I'll give him back to you. Don't you know Hannah had a baby and whatever that baby and see the thing of it when she went to God's house and she was going ahead and shabbacking God and giving God the praise and the honor and the glory and he she was sitting up there and manifesting and talking to God about what was going on. Don't you know the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that Jesus and all of the things that was going on, don't you know God was listening? Because she was so genuine and earnest in her prayers. And she knew who God was and the faith and the honesty that God was able to come through. Don't you know that was in part taken into Samuel because of her faith? Y'all, 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 y'all. This is such a time as this. You don't know who you are influencing if you go back. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You don't know who you are able to sit there and place things, place the spirituality of who God is into them. And they can question. And that's fine if they got questions. But you're able to answer those questions and live it out at the same time. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You're able to live those things out because sometimes we don't understand everything that God has given us. But God gives us living examples. I'm going to say it like that. God gives us living examples in other people that are of God. That is not caught up in religion, but just serving God. And me and my husband was having this conversation. He was like, we're like the ones that the disciples were talking about. They were saying that, you know, you had people that were, you know, going out and being able to teach people Jesus word and the scriptures that God was having Jesus, his son to walk on this earth to give to us. And they were already living it out. They didn't even know about his resurrection and death. They were just living out what they knew right then and there. And don't you know that's part of, you know, they look, they don't even look like us, but they're doing, you know, your will. And Jesus said, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Who, who are they serving? They're serving me. And if God is before us, who can be against us? Y'all, y'all, they were living it out. Do you understand? I still say this in my mind's eye is that God's going to have those type of people that's been tattooed up. That's been coming out of homosexuality. That's going to come out of cultism. That's going to come out of so many different dark places that he hasn't even known God, hasn't even served God and have that got that taste. That's so much of his love and his salvation that his motivation becomes more of God and less of themselves that the enemy is going to be baffled, bamboozled, and sit here and say, wait a minute. They have turned the tide. They have sat here. And he's like, they used to be in my camp. Now they're going over to God's camp and they're hitting them hard. 
Do you understand the validity that Mordecai was telling Esther that if we don't sit here and do anything, that we will be liable. We can be getting destroyed for being silent. Ooh, don't that hurt? So if it hurts, say ow and keep it cool. Keep it going. And if you've been silent, if you haven't been praying and talking and, and teaching and, and doing what God says, do it. Meditating on the word of God. Meditation means to consecrate, concentrate on the words in the Bible and what God says to you. And if you haven't been doing that, turning over the plate, fasting. If you haven't been doing that, ask God for forgiveness. Go back and do your first work over. Read your word. Because that's where it's at. I'm not here to tell you anything different, but I'm telling you, read the word of God. You would know what a minister is supposed to be, a deacon is supposed to be, a prophet, an apostle, an elder. Whatever the ministry, the fivefold ministry is, you will learn that in the word and what God teaches you. See, I didn't go to theology school. I didn't go to theology school. I didn't go to Bible school theology or uh, being able to sit here and also have a man-made situation. God had people in my life that were able to teach me the word of God, even though they weren't living in. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, the arsenal is that God will teach you what you needed to know without sometimes going into the principles of Bible teaching. Now, do I, you know, put down Bible teaching? No, absolutely not. I do not. But I'm telling you, we are living in a time where God is impartaking so much wisdom so much knowledge so much understanding it is at accelerated rate i see that more so in myself and in my children god gives them wisdom of solomon and then some do you understand what i'm saying see that's the thing is that because time is starting to speed up excel and he's cutting time short for that everyone that is supposed to be saved is saved that we should be able to understand starting to comprehend and ask God even if you lacking wisdom acts of God acts of him see I can be able to sit here and tell you what God told me about you but also at the same time God will simply tell me why won't you start sitting down and talking to him and asking God what you need to receive for yourself See, we want to ask God, you know, we can have people to pray for us, but also at the same time, are we adequately in a situation where God can be able to bless us? And have we been obedient to God in order for us to go to the next step? Ooh, come on now. Have we been able to pray and have we been able to do what God says do? Have we been able to be obedient? Have you been able to do the works that God already told you a while back, but yet and still we are sitting up here being on the fence? Oh, let me tell you, I've been there, done that, done that. Supposed to have been a pastor in 2000 and <laughs> way in the back. Supposed to have been a pastor a long time ago. 
but I rejected it. I, I said, God, you know, how can I become a pastor when I don't even know all these things that I need to know, but God already equipped me. So God said, you know what, because you sat there and you rejected the pastoral ship, let me go ahead and do this. Let me let you go ahead and become a prophet. Y'all people say, whoa, in the back. Say, oh, my God, in the back. Say, man, in the back. Say, wow, this pastor. But see, that's the thing. I'm human, too. I, I have my faults, I have my situation, I have my doubts about myself, but I have to put those doubts to the back burner because God is calling. Let me say that one more time. Whatever inadequacies I suffer, God is still calling. Am I going to answer the call? I had to absolutely had to pick it back up because God needed me to be able to do what he said do because there were more people that I need to go and touch and heal and be able to deliver and know who God is starting to set them up in the foundation that they needed to go and not depart from it. God needed me. I don't I, I need God. I, I need God. Let me clarify that for the people in the back. I need God. God didn't need me. I need him. And the reason why I say that is because so many people want to sit here and say, well, God, no, 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 you, no, no, no. Let me tell you something. God didn't need me because he's the creation. He's the creator. I'm the creation. I need him more than ever. I need him as my friend. I need him as my, my, my husband. Sometimes I need him as my father. I need him as my mother. I need him every day. And yes, I'm married, but I'm telling you, it's sometimes when I am preaching and I am teaching and my husband is not present. I need his love and his anointing, his covering when I am out doing what he says do. I need him then more than oh, anything on this earth. I need him from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. And in and even in when I'm asleep, I still need him. I needed him when I was in the womb and when I have to go to the grave and still beyond, I still need him. Come on now, y'all don't understand. The whole entire thing is going back to the simple relationship we have with God. And Mordecai was trying to bring that out to Esther. Now let's go back. And then at the same time, the 15th verse, then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. 16th verse, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me. See that? And neither eat nor drink three days. Night or day, I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Come on now. She girded up. She understood the call. She understood the instructions. She understood the message. Now this woman, this mighty woman sat there and said, okay, so since y'all are in agreement with me, I need y'all to fast. I need y'all to be praying. I need y'all to be in total alignment with me. See, I needed a backup so that even if I go into the king's chamber and he does not receive me, 
I will be the first to go out and I've done what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, come on now. Ain't it getting good? See, that's the thing is that when you know who God is in your life, you will become the first to do what God says do, even if it costs you your very life. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When you are living for God, you know it's not going to be easy. Nothing is easy. I'm not going to people please at all, at all, because I'm supposed to be serving the true and living God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Yes, we're supposed to be able to live and, you know, be at peace with all men. But do you understand that the threat was real? That the threat of their lives, their very lives was on the line. And she understood, this is what I have to do. So I need somebody to cover me in prayer and fasting. And I need to do the same thing with my handmaids. And I need to be able to get myself into alignment with God. I need to be able to get myself in a posture, in a place, in a situation where I can be able to position myself to understand and know and comprehend comprehend all that God has for me to do. And when, before I even open up my mouth, the very presence should be pleasing unto God and to the King. Don't you know that when you sit there and you do what God says do, yo, that brings volume, that brings openness, and God brings opportunity to go through and heal and develop a whole different mannerism in who he is. He opens up doors. He shifts the whole entire atmosphere. Mm, mm, mm. He shifted so much that she was bold enough to sit there and say, look, if I perish, I perish. Y'all, that that makes me want to jump up, makes me want to run around. That makes me want to praise God because her faith, Mordecai's faith was her faith. And then the people, all the people fasting and praying and her handmaids fasting and praying at the same time. Y'all, they trying to be able to get God's attention saying, here, God, we know, God, I need you to come here and see about me. I need you to come here and see about this situation because this person, Haman, is trying to sit here and plot and scheme against God's people. I need you to come right now immediately. Don't you know if Daniel can do it, if she can do it, and if so many other people can sit there and Shabbat God and sit here and say, God, I need you no matter what's going on. If they will sit there and turn their faces towards God, United States of America, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Don't you know that's in the world? Word. Don't you understand? This is what she's trying to do is understand that everything that we have is of God. So now I need to turn it over to the spiritual realm and I need to have the same resume that I have in the natural, have it in the spiritual. Y'all just don't. Y'all, okay. Let me calm down. Let, let me really honestly calm down because I'm excited for what God is trying to do. Now let's go over to Esther, fifth chapter. Ninth verse, still going into the King James Version. Then 
went Haman forth that day joyfully and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Do you understand? Do you understand the validity? Do you understand the situation? Do you understand what God is trying to do? Now, let's go back. Nevertheless, Haman reframed himself. And when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Zephyrah, his wife. And Haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children, all the things wherein the king had pro promoted him and how he had advanced him above the prince and servants of the king. 12 verse, Haman said, moreover, yea, Esther the queen did not let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared for myself. And tomorrow am I invited unto her also with the king. 13 verse, Yea, all this availeth me nothing, so long as I see Mordecai, the Jew, sitting at the king's gate. 14 verse. Then said Zisha, his wife, and all his friends unto him, Let a gallows be made of fifty cubits high, and tomorrow speak thou unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou and merrily with the king unto the unto the banquet and the thing pleased Haman and he caused the gallows to be made see the enemy really wants to be able to place you in situations that will cause you death but do you understand the ending is better than what is processing straight through let me say that one more time I, I'm, I'm going to clarify that though. Do you understand that all the things that you go through is yet for your good? I had to understand that I'm 46 years old. I had to understand that every process, every element, every obstacle, everything that God had to take me through had to make me sure to be fortified in this season. Let me say that one more time. See, I've been homeless and I've been rich and I've been in so many different avenues and I've been on welfare and I've been able to be in six figures and I've been able to sit here and know what it is to have to want and also to be able to have already needed. Come on now. So at the same time, Mordecai, Mordecai, Mordecai. The, the thing of it is, is that because of your very presence and who God is in you, you are the disdainment, a stench of a whole entire malfunctioning human being that God had ordained on this earth to Satan. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. He does not distinctly, simply does not like you. He hates you. He is disgusted by you. Because he sees who God is in you. He sees God's trademark. He sees how God is able to be able to be effective in your life. And he wants to destroy that. So the enemy can plot and scheme and plan. But that doesn't mean that it's going to go through. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, sometimes we want to sit here and have so many things going on. 
And you saw his wife was even in the whole entire situation, giving him suggestions and how to be able to address the issue. That means that she wasn't even in God's framework. She wasn't even working with God. She was working with the enemy. And she knew the mindset of her husband. That is a dangerous pill. Do you understand that when you are not of God and you have so many people, that is why you have to have wise counsel when you seek advice, opinion. Let it be of God and not of man. So many people want to sit here and they want to understand something, but they'll seek their friends and not seek God. Oh, let me tell you something. Sometimes we want to sit here and seek everybody else but God. And then God is sitting here and saying, wait a minute, my uh, opinion should count. My opinion of everything should be the final say. So my opinion of your husband, your wife, or uh, your children, or over what college you go to, or where you need to be able to be affiliated with, that should count. That should count towards everything in life. And, and also your spirituality. What are you reading today? What are you sitting up here manifesting on? What are you sitting up here and reading and being able to comprehend on? God needs to be able to have that type of reliability overseeing you every step of the way. Whatever questions or decision you have to make, you need to be pressing God first before a man. Mm, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. So this is what's going on. And you please read it. Because it is so good. And because of what's going on, it is dire need right now that Esther, Mordecai, and the Jews are able to sit here and do what God says do. It, it's, it comes down to it. It really comes down to it. So please read Esther, the book of Esther. It is so powerful. But let me jump over to chapter seven in Esther. So the king, first verse, so the king and Haman came to banquet with Esther, the queen. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, what is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request and it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. Come on now. That's favor. Verse three. Then Esther, the queen answered and said, if I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. Verse four. For we are souls. I am my people to be destroyed to be slain and to be perched and to perish. But if we have been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I have held my tongue, although the enemy cannot countervail the king's damage. So let me say that one more time. Although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Verse five, then the king Araxas answered and said unto Esther, the queen, who is he and where is he that doeth presume in his heart to do so? Verse six, and Esther said, the adversary and the enemy 
is this wicked Haman. Oh, come on. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. Verse seven, and the king arrives from the banquet of wine in his wrath, went into the palace garden and Haman stood up to make requests for his life to Esther the queen. For he saw that there was evil demanded against him by the king. Verse eight, then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine and Haman was fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was. Then said the king, will he force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Verse nine, and Harbon, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, behold, also the gallows, 50 cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, hang him thereon. Verse 10, so they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. See, let me go back a little bit. When Haman, through his wife, had gotten the idea to go and hang Mordecai and the people, oh my God, on these gallows, on that gallow. It became apparent to me that there is a ambiance of an alert that went out for the people. See, it wasn't just that you can be able to have so many different battles and situations it wasn't just Mordecai. He wanted to take out the whole entire nation of the Jews. And so many people honestly sit there and they said how much of the hatred and the rage that someone can have. But Hitler had the same thing for the Jews in Germany. And so many people, even so many kings and so many queens and so many different people. Nero had so many hatred for the Jews and, and the Christians at the time. And he would sit there and I don't care what nobody says. Nero would sit there and use the Christians as candlesticks to burn and light their through their bodies, lighting them up at night for people to walk by to understand the validity and the significance of if you're choosing to be a Christian. Nero, he would have games and have these sports and fill up the tanks of the stadiums with water so that he can put alligators and sharks and, and different animals. And if it was of land, he would have lions and tigers and, and bears to be able to combat and fight and kill Christians. This is a hatred that has been able to go down generations upon generations. Do you understand the validity of who God is? See, that's the thing is that you see the same hatred, the same jealousy, the same disdainment towards the people of God. And then at the same time, I am so grateful how Mordecai has become so diligently not deterred by how everything is going because he, even though he's mourning, he is still sitting up here and saying, I know my redeemer liveth. Hmm. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, 
even though he has been rocked with so many different things that's going on at this time, he still takes courage and he still saves the king. You need to go back and read it. He still saves the king and he still is able to function and still try to be able to keep the people and Esther encouraged. While yet and still, he is still in a state of shock and horror of what is about to try to transpass, try to be able to occur amongst his people. I understand that the book of Esther is for Esther, but also at the same time, you have to have someone that's going to be able to cover you, sustain you, also not talk about about you, but also pray for you in everything that's going on. You need to have someone that's your person that you can go to and be a confidant, but also at the same time, be able to puncture you and wound you and also tell you the truth in front of your face and behind your back. And when somebody tries to talk bad about you, still sit up there and cover you and tell them to their face. Not so. That's my friend. That's the time. Even though that's her family member, Mordecai was able to have her back even when he knew what was going on and what was the ramifications and how the cost was so high. Y'all, you need to have those type of people in your life. You need to have those people that's going to pray for you, that's going to cover you, that's going to be able to give you those words of encouragement. And even when it don't feel like right, that you still can be able to take that spoonful of uh, understanding that, hey, this ain't right, sis. We need to get that, fix that. Let, let's fix this. Let's let's do this. Why won't you do it like this? Sometimes being able to understand and know they don't mean you no harm. They mean you good. They mean you so much good towards you so they know what type of path you are going on and they want to help you. They want to nourish you. They want to be able to heal you. They want to be able to make sure your deliverance is what God has for you. It is time. Time to sit here and say, look, it is my time to be able to see the circumstances. You see what's going on in the world. You see that we need to speak up when we should not be silent. We should sit there and honestly tell people this is what's going on. This is what society is trying to tell us. This is what man says, but this is what God says. This is what man says we should be doing, but this is what God says. This is what, you know, we have so many people, so many Christians, so many um, men and women of God that's doing what God is saying to do. Now we need to wake up church. The church is not just the building. It's us. We're the church. It's not just going to Sunday after Sunday and sitting on a pew. It's about us being able to be effective in our homes and in our jobs and how we train our children and how we sit here and do what God says do, how we love on our, our, our family members and how we sit here and we thank God for our marriages and try to be able to speak peace and not evil. See, so many times we need to understand our tongue is either life or death. And I had to start speaking life over my family, speaking life over myself my marriage, my finances. I'm going to get out of this. God, you have placed me. You have placed us as the head and not the tail. You have given us spiritual overflow. Don't you understand? God has financially given us the finances we need. I am living in abundance. 
I am living in abundance and not not in poverty. I am living in the time that God needs for me to be. It is time for such a time as this. So as I am trying to sit here and let you know, I'm going to be the Mordecai that you need to the Esther right now. Let me tell you something. God has been able to place you in places and things and in situations that you need to be there, man and woman of God. And I'm telling you right now, if you keep quiet, you keep quiet, you're going to be destroyed. If you keep quiet and go with the protocols of what the man saying, don't you understand? God is going to sit there and you're going to be destroyed because you haven't done what God says do. If you keep lackbustering, keep paddywhacking with the enemy, going and, you know, tapping in with him, but then coming back to God, that's something that you're going to be destroyed for. See, sometimes we need to understand that having a strong relationship as a friend, we have to sit there and simply tell them, no, don't do that. No, this is something that we can't be able to do because that's not what God told us to do. See, sometimes we have to be able to get to that person and say, look, thus says the Lord, I love you enough that you are going the wrong way. Please go back the way that you came from. Go back to your first love. Go back to God. Go back to serving him back into your workforce, into the churches, into the ministry, into where God wants you to be. Go back to where God has placed you to be. Stop sitting here and saying, well, God, you haven't taken me this and over here for my pleasure. Stop saying that you're going to be able to go here and there for, you know, your way and, and, and that's it. God placed you there for a reason. Now go ahead and find out through him what you need to do. And when you're listening and talking to God and you're talking to God, honestly, give him time to talk back to you. Oh, wait a minute. Hold up. I'll tell you, Pastor. That hurt. Okay. That hurt me too, but I had to learn to understand him. That God sits there. He wants to be able to get a reply to. It's a two-way conversation, not a one-way conversation. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, when you sit there and you talk to God, it's not just a one-way conversation. See, Esther was like, let me give that back to him. See, nobody can come into the chamber of the, of the king without his permission. But don't you know, he said, if you keep quiet... If you keep quiet in this time, in this age, God is not going to be able to financially help you. God is not going to be able to help fortify you and build you up when he needs you. God is not going to be able to do this and that for you because you kept quiet. Because you sat there and you said, I'm going to mind my own business because I'm just going to keep my head down because I'm just going to be able to do this. And No, God told you you need to speak out and speak up and live the way that I told you to live. Now. I'm going to say it like this. If you have loved what you have heard from us today, and I want to say this, thank you for listening to me. For the true ones that have been listening with me, have been finding me and been able to keep going through the roller coasters of life with me, through the ups and downs, ins and outs, thank you. But if you enjoy what you have been listening to, Please like and share and subscribe and give me a five star rating. I can be found on any platform, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. 
Play FM, Samsung, Podcaster, and other major platforms. Please, if you want to leave me a five-star rating once again, so that you, and also please spread the word, reach out to more people so that our questions and comments are more than able to come into fruition. Please contact us. I am found on Facebook as it is written by Latanya, L-A-T-O-N-Y-A, last name U-L-L-O-A. And as this podcast is, it is written by Afrocentric Prophet. We have more things to do. We have more endeavors to fulfill. So please contact me, contact my children, Minuet and Salmi Uyola. They are more and we are more than helpful and grateful to answer your questions and comments. And I thank you once again for listening to me. It has been my pleasure. Enjoy your day. I hope and pray that God blesses you and keeps you. Some face a lifetime of falling tears. But he's in the darkness, he's in the cold. Just like the morning, he always shows. It may be midnight or midday. It's never early.